Welcome to Happy Hour from the Ramble Room, where the jokes aren't funny and the stories go nowhere. I'm Benson, let's get going. And we're back, guys. We are back again. Uh, Happy Hour from the Ramble Room. Part two with Mr. Lee Matthews. Let's get into it. Too much to change it back now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's worth it. It's not worth it, not at all. Uh, no, no, she's she's been great for it. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so that was it. Got through pilot's course. Um, it's funny how the mentality changes on pilot's course. Like day one, everyone shows up. Everyone wants to be a fighter pilot. Yeah, because that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask. So what the it, at what stage did you go from? I want to fly. F-111 slash F-18 Super Hornets to let's fly transport C-17, C-130s. wasn't by choice. No. So um, I always wanted to fly the F-111. Yeah. F-111 was it for me. The pig was the aircraft. Yeah. Um, and then while I was at BFTS, the Air Force announced that they were going to retire. Yeah. I was going to say they re- the, they did retire the yeah, F-111, yeah. And the last intake happened before I finished pilot school. Oh, no. So. <laughs> oh, no. The dream was the dream was gone. <laughs> the dream was killed before it started. Damn it. <laughs> I know. I know. If only Defence Force Recruiting didn't take four years, I might have had a shot. You might, yeah, well, exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they uh, they retired the pig. Um, yeah. And I wasn't really a fan of the Hornet. So, yeah. I yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Because so, everyone says they love the Hornet. Everyone says they love it, but I'll tell you what, man, my two favorite jets yeah. are not either of those planes. I'll I'm tell not you. I'm not the Hornet either. But, uh, I'm old school, man. I like the, the, the Tomcat still does it for me, dude. I look at that jet and just go, that was just a gorgeous looking jet. Yeah. And my other favorite one is the ugliest and I still just love looking at it. A10 Warthog. Oh, mate, that jet is just, I still look at that and it's a thing of beauty. It really is. Mate, if the, if the uh, Australian Air Force got A-10s, I would sign back up today. Yeah. Like, they're, oh. I'd love to fly that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's up Just there for the, me. The, like, the, the, the science behind how that particular jet... Like, I've, I've watched like a few, like, a, you know, few documentaries on that, that particular aircraft, and I just go, like, that thing could literally land in the middle of nowhere and like on half a wing, yeah, three quarters of an engine and it, it, it still flies. It's a proper battle plane. Yeah. Like it's yeah. awesome. And yeah. to see that the, the, the U S government was like, this is not a viable aircraft Yeah, for such a long time. They were trying to get rid of it. That's why you can't trust politicians yeah. to make decisions on armament. I mean, oh man. Yeah. The A-10 and the F-14. That's how the, that's how the wow. Australian army ended up with MRHs and Tigers. Like, yeah. Didn't. Two helicopters that do not work. Yeah. It's because they were chosen by politicians. Yeah. Why would you not just go with the, the tried and tested, uh, like, AH-64? Yeah. I mean, if you want to know what the best thing for the warfighter is, is you ask the warfighter. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You ask the guys on the ground going, what do yeah. I want to protect me? It's those two. Those two things right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, talk to the guys on the ground. What do you want overhead? I want Apaches and A-10s. You talk yeah. to the pilots. What do you want? Apaches and A-10s. Yeah. What should we get? Uh, Apaches and A-10s. Yeah, don't ask, just get. Yeah. <laughs> like, just do it. 
that those are the ones. Right? Get, save yourself some lives and get us those get us those yeah. uh, those armaments. That's what we want. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. If you need to get out of a spot, what do you want coming for you? Yeah. It's not an MRH. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, yeah. I I thought I uh, I I don't think we'd ever talked about the the A ten before, but that's yeah. It's always been. I still look at it and just go that just like the look of it and it is not it's not a pretty plane That's it's not, not but it for some reason it has this beauty behind it yeah the, that and the fact that you're basically riding a giant gatling gun like that just is ridiculous <laughs> like, yeah I, I wonder if it would have the same allure without afghanistan because it was so prolific yeah. so effective in afghan yeah um oh yeah i don't know but yeah uh, yeah yeah I, i'd Go back to the Air Force for that. For that, yeah. yeah. Just even even the even the shot is to fly at once. Would you just like, yep, I'm in. Get, nah, get me. No, no, no. I'd, I'd need a guarantee. Need contract. a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, there's this little thing that once you're in, you, you hear this thing called needs of the Air Force. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's key for you're about to get uh, screwed over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. So. Oh, God. Um, no. So, so move from fighter jets into transport. Um, so the way it works at the end of pilot's course, you get graded yeah um based on all your scores results and you get marked against your peers and you get put in a list um and then you get a preference sheet so it's sort of like voting yeah um, you get a list of all the aircraft that are available and you list one two whatever and preferences of what you want to fly yeah uh now the instructors are hilarious individuals and there's always one or two mythical creatures that are on there um <laughs> so when i Got to my postings. Uh, night. One of the selections was the KC-30 was about to be introduced. Mm. And they're like, oh, KC-30 transition uh, in Spain. So it's like, you're going to be the first guy flying the KC-30. You're going to go to Spain for three years and learn everything about the aircraft. You're going to live there. I was just like, fuck yeah, I'll live in Spain for three years. Yeah, that was a gherkin. Yeah. They're like, you pricks. Never happened. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they, they look at that and just go, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you write down on the list what you want. Um, and then what they'll do is they'll have a big meeting and they'll go, all right, first guy that, the guy that finished ducks on course, high score, what's his preference? What would he put down as number one? And sure as shit, he'll go to fighters. Of course. Fighters will take typically the top. Unless the guy's like venomously like, I do not want to go there. They'll go there. Um, so they'll basically go, okay, cool. And then you get to wherever you are on the list yeah. and go, okay, what did he want? He wanted fighters. Are there any fighter spots left? Yes. Did he make no. the grade? Yes. Yep. No. Nah. All right. What was second? Um, okay, cool. And then they go through until there's a spot available. Mm. Now, sometimes there's some politics involved and, you know, like some squadrons are like, stop giving us the shit, guys. We need someone quality. And, yeah, we need someone yeah, good. You know, yeah. Needs of the Air Force. Yeah. Um, so for me, I got my second preference, which was um, my first preference was fighters, but it was one of those things of, I didn't genuinely want it. Yeah. I just didn't want to regret not, not, put, not putting it not down. Not putting it down. Yeah. Um, because what happens during pilot's course is it's such a long, hard slog. Like it's, I can't describe just how difficult it is and how long it goes for. Yeah. Like you're talking about two years solid of training that, look, I went to university. University was kindergarten compared to this. Yeah. Um, it, the, the training is that intense um, that by the end of it, everyone's just burnt out. So you get to the end of the course, everyone, day one, everyone wants to be a fighter pilot. Yeah. Halfway through two FDS, maybe five guys. Everyone else just wants to pass. 
Yeah, that's like, like I just want just I give just me the wings, wings so I, I just can want wings. wait there. Yeah, give me something. Yeah, yeah. Don't so, care what it is. So back when I was there, the the oldest sort of airframe that was still left in the air force was the Caribou. Yeah, I was actually gonna I was gonna ask if it was a Caribou. Yeah, yeah. it was a Caribou. Nobody yeah. like wanted to go to fly a Caribou. And saying that, great aircraft, really yeah. capable, and the some of the best stories I hear from guys were guys from Caribous. So great aircraft, nothing against it, but. On pilot's course, everyone had this thing because you get graded one to five on your flights. Yeah. Ones and zeros is how you get kicked out. Um, but if you just skipped along on twos, you would pass. Yeah. So it was twos for booze. Ah, okay. Yeah. So okay. it's like, I just want wings, man. Twos for booze. Yeah. Like that was it. You come back from a flight and they're like, how'd you go? You're like, twos for booze, man. Twos for booze. Yeah. I'm still here. Um, so that was it. Because like, either way, I've got I've got my foot in the door. I'm yeah. flying something like that's what I want. You yeah. Know? And for me, I didn't have a backup. Like some people have different ways of approaching it. Some people, okay, if this doesn't work out for me, I'm going to go do this. Or yeah, I went to ADFA and got this degree. I'm going to do that. For me, I didn't have a fallback. Yeah. Um, it's it like, was, I'm coming to be a pilot. Yeah. I, I've just done four years of laboring. If I don't succeed here, that's my life. I'm going back to that yeah so it was very much a i'm getting this shit done i need to get those wings um and i gave myself no grace and that was really really fucking stressful do you mind if i ask what you ended up on like your score are you saying you know two suburbs where did you end up on that when you were like at at the end of your course yeah so then the course we had um what we have we had 27 graduate yeah uh, and i was seventh seventh wow okay so, so kind of like you know, close to the middle of the pack. Yeah, it was. It was. It was I was pretty happy with that. That yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Um. So I was pretty happy with that. Um. I discovered probably two thirds, three quarters of the way through pilot's course, probably where I was going to sit. Yeah. Um. There's this thing they used to do. I don't know if they still do it now, but back in the day, we would do this thing called a mutual. Yeah. So you'd fly off an instructor. That was just an instructional sortie. Then sometimes you would do a solo flight. No instructor in the back. You go off and practice what you've been teaching yeah. as a solo. A mutual is you do it with another student. Oh. So two students go flying together. Okay. Right. So what this would be like, um, so when you do instrument flying, for example, the student would sit in the back of the aircraft and they would put a canvas hood in the back so you can't see outside. Yeah. You have to fly off your instruments. Yeah. Now you can't land with that or you can't do anything safe with that because you can't see outside so you have a safety pilot sitting in the front so for me that's what i was doing i was in the front seat being the safety pilot for another student that was in the back flying yeah and this guy flew this approach this instrument approach so goddamn well like i was just completely fucking humbled now that guy ended up going on and becoming our ducks of course he yeah he was, he, he finished guy. number one he then yeah. went and did the same thing in final land and he yeah. ended up going off and i believe he was like the first exchange to go fly like f-22s or some shit like the guy was yeah he, he beat matt hall's record at 250s matt hall's the red bull air race guy, yeah. right? like yeah. he, he beat his score like wow the guy was fucking good yeah now, i didn't know any of that at the time i just knew he was a lot better than me <laughs> yeah, you kind of go, oh, yeah, interesting. interesting. But like, is it one of those situations? Like, you you see him pulling off this this landing. It's like textbook perfect, and you sort of land, and he go, bravo. Oh, that was impressive to watch. So, <laughs> like, he, he was flying an instrument approach, man. I was like tapping the gauge, like, is this thing? Why isn't this moving? Like, is he? It can't be that accurate. Like, yeah, yeah no, was, and it was like spot on. Oh, yeah. 
like so. perfect landing the lot like yeah. Yeah. so you know two thirds two thirds three quarters of the way through the that course i'm like okay probably not a fighter guy I'm, yeah i'm i'm i think i'm good enough to do this job yeah but i'm not that good yeah so i was happy just to get wings um so to finish you know in the top what third yeah i was very happy with that yeah um so yeah happy with that i didn't get my first preference which was fighters um now i finished seventh of course and i think we had eight guys go to fighters okay so i was a bit what the so fuck? you could have gone potentially yeah so i ended up having a meeting with the flight commander and just you know, like, like where, where did i sit kind of well, thing it, you always do a debrief at the end of these things yeah he said, "Well, you probably got a question about why you didn't get fired." I'm like, "Yeah, I did the math." Um, yeah, and I'm I'm got a question or two. He's like, "Look, we don't think you have the tiger. The tiger's this mythical freaking personality that yeah. they say you like know, you've got it. Like it's got to be this aggressive nature." Yeah. And, um, he said, "We think you're far too relaxed because I was quite chatty in the in the cockpit." Yeah, um, he said, "We think you're too relaxed for that world," and and that just triggered me, I and mean, I was pissed off yeah internally because you know you can't say that can't, can't say cast. that yeah with <laughs> all due superior. respect sir <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's my badge and my gun <laughs> yeah that, does, that doesn't happen right it's, it's a rank based organisation rank based organisation uh, yeah so I was like oh okay thank you sir thank you for your time sir thank you yeah. bae thank you bae uh, and you go outside you're like motherfucker yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so I got my second preference which was 34 Squadron Canberra which is our version of Air Force One Ah, okay, yeah, cool. So that's the um, so that's how yeah. I ended up in Canberra. Wow, yeah. Um, and I was in the squadron for about three point seven seconds before I realised that the flight commander from Two FTS was spot on, and I was exactly where I needed to be. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So you like you got like sort of like sort of first day that you oh. like step in and you're like, yeah, this is exactly where I want to be. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're yeah. like, this is a very uncomfortable small jet. Sounds like lots of fun get to do cool things but then you're like well what if I'm gonna go to the bathroom uh, I can literally go to the bathroom <laughs> like <laughs> dude I got there and they're like oh yeah um, that's the crew fridge so that's like leftover food from the plane free for to help yourself I'm like oh yeah what's in there oh there's uh, fillet mignon and blueberry <laughs> cheesecake and, and a sandwich tray with oh is that salmon and chicken I like oh, this place yes. I like this place a lot <laughs> I am never leaving <laughs> You're like, this is first class for pilots. In, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> the culture was great. It was relaxed. Yeah. Um, you know, the job was, was cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was great. I was there for, for less than two years because mm. you can't get um, a captaincy on your first tour at that squadron yeah. because of the passengers and things like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. So it was a short tour and then I was going to go onto another aircraft type. But I love those two years. It was Because the, the Australian version of that is a 737, right? So when I was there, there was two aircraft type. There was a 737, which is the BBJ, the big yeah. business jet. Yeah. Uh, and I was on the smaller one, the small business jet, the Challenger 604. Okay. Yeah. Same passengers, um, but slightly different routes. Like yeah. I'd be doing a lot of the Canberra, Sydney, Canberra sort of stuff. Yeah. Or Southeast Asia sort of things. Um, yeah. It was awesome. And one of the things that was really different about that squadron to the other squadrons is when you do a trip, say I'm flying from here to Fiji for some reason, um, our passenger has two, three days worth of meetings. Yeah. And then we fly back. Yeah. So you're so like, basically, there, I've got time off. Whereas every other squadron, like if I've got to go in a C-17 to Afghanistan, I'm, I'm going from point A to point B. Yeah. And then we're back. spending 
10 hours on the ground to get some sleep and then we're on the point C and like it's just continual It's continual, movement. yeah. So you don't get to see the sides. You don't get to see the countries yeah. beyond the fence, you know. Of what, yeah, because you, you're, you're probably, most of the time you're not leaving the base or whatever it is or wherever you're at. Your depending on, yeah, yeah, you're not leaving yeah. accommodations, yeah. Yeah, so the first tour coming out, you know, Trent 34, it was, it was fantastic. It yeah. was such a good lifestyle with the exception of the fact that you're living in Canberra. Yeah. 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 I know people who love Canberra. They're all weird. Um, yeah, that's right. I'm probably that weird guy. I don't have never lived in Canberra, so I couldn't tell you. But I, every time I've visited Canberra, I, I really like it down there. Oh, so I don't, get I, don't, it. I don't know what it is about People it. People are like, but- oh, you can just go to Sydney or you can just go to the snow. I'm like, you're talking about two to three hour drives there. Like, yeah, but it's like when you're in Queensland, a two to three hour drive to the snow is a, what, 12 hour drive or whatever it is for us to get to the snow. Just as big a trip, really. Like by the time you sort your life out and like you've still yeah, got to put yeah, a good point, you're good still going to do a big drive. Yeah. So you're not going to the snow every weekend like you no, might think not. you would. Um, and in Canberra itself, it's very clicky. Like you've got Canberra lots that have been there for their whole life. And there's not a lot to do socially. Like you can go to a club or a cafe or something. Yeah. But other than that, like recreationally, most of the things in Canberra are educational. Yeah. So not fun. Like I'm going to go to the Mint. Yay. That makes sense. Uh... Or the archives. (laughs) Yay. And you're like, and then once you've done that once, you're kind of like, well, I don't need to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. um, And, you know, we're Queenslanders. We're not a fan of cold and Canberra's cold. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Oh, I mean, speak for yourself. Oh, I much prefer the cold, but yeah, yeah. I uh, I like the cold because uh, look, fat men don't like to be sweaty, and uh, I get sweaty real. <laughs> I get sweaty quite a lot up here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mel was working for a race horse trainer at the time, and she outside all the time then. Yeah, early early oh, mornings. Yeah, um, those those camera mornings are bitterly cold. There, there was one time like I was on a trip in some South Pacific island, <laughs> of course. and she sends me like I'm I'm literally on some oasis on some beach somewhere <laughs> with a Mai Tai and she sends me a video message of her busting the ice of a water bucket so that the horses can get to the water and drink oh, with her fist no. and I'm just like okay I'm and you're just like I've got a Mai I've got a cocktail I'm sitting by the pool and you're just like sorry and she's like get fucked yeah. <laughs> I've got two choices right I can yeah. either be oh that really sucks for you or check this out yeah I probably shouldn't have gone with the ladder, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's always nice to rub that in every now and then, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, I like it. But it, it meant that the home life wasn't fantastic because yeah, because obviously being her being down there in that position as well, like that's not like, yeah, it's it, not ideal. It wasn't an enjoyable place for us to live. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was short lived, you know, less than two years, and yeah, and then um, yeah, and then we moved on. So, yeah, like I said, at the end of that tour, it's a short tour, and then we get another aircraft type. Yeah. Now, at the time, the C-17 was fairly new. Um, it was introduced in 2006, so we're looking about four four to five years into its life. Yeah. Um, every man and their dog wanted to fly it. Yeah. All right, it was like, that. that's that's the one that's going to war. That's the one that does all the stuff. I want to go there. Um, I just wanted to get back to Brizzy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there was two big jets that were there. There was the C-17 and the soon-to-be incoming KC-30 that had been delayed. The tanker, the refuel. Oh, that's the refueling, the refueling tanker. Yeah. Ah, okay. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, sorry, I, 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 was, I was like, I'm going to look that up later because I don't... Yeah. I will probably get... I'm going to go back and get a, a picture of all the fo- of the, the aircraft we're talking about and yeah. put them on Instagram for everyone to see. If I, I say an acronym that you don't understand, oh, yeah. call me up because that's just the... 
ex-military enemy talking. Yeah, I thought, yeah. honestly, like, I was I was going to go back and do it anyway, but I'm going to go back and take get photos so everyone can see what we're talking about because it's yeah. If you'll you'll look at it and go, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Some people will have absolutely no idea. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I thought strategically and went, I'll try for the less desirable or appeared to be desirable aircraft at Amboy so I can get back to Brizzy. Yeah. Um, and then the DP, which is like defense personnel, the man, are the, they're the person that um, makes the decisions on who goes where in the posting cycle. Yeah. Uh, this person came to our squadron and, and I was scheduled in for a meeting um, and I had zero correspondence with this person beforehand. I walked into the to the room and it's like, hey, how you going? She goes, oh, you're Lee? I'm like, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, sweet. So we've got you down for C-17s. And I was just like, thank you very much and went to walk out <laughs> she's just like whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we still we still need to talk about your career yeah we're still here. gonna talk <laughs> I was like, oh, okay because you didn't know i'm like no i had no idea so because like, i didn't put it down as but i did well, I, was, was, I, I thought yeah it would be like i think there's too many people going for that so let's go for the lesser uh, a, a lot of it is your hierarchy talking to the man is to try and yeah. you know, negotiate or say this person would be well suited for this and this yeah um look my flight commander of the squadron Seemed to really go to bat for me and, and say, He's like, hey, this guy's great and he's, you know. Yeah, I, I must have fooled him. So, um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I got the perfect friggin' solution. I got a great aircraft type in a great location. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, was, it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, apart from the C-17, did you, ever, did you ever fly the 130, C-130? No. No? Never flew the C-130? No, no. Props are for boats. Ah, fair enough. Huh? Yeah. I, I, I get it. I just, I just thought maybe that was so... What was the the other ones? Was a tanker? What was the other aircraft that you was potentially would have to fly if you didn't get the C seventeen? Oh, there was many options. There was the P three Orion, which is a, another airborne boat um, that flies out of uh, South Australia. That was okay. the maritime option. Oh, okay, um, yeah. and a couple of seven three seven variants that they were huh. bringing on board. So uh, the uh, the AWAC, the one with the big radar thing on top of it, yeah. that's in Newcastle, and um, there was a seven three replacement coming for the P three in adelaide so okay awesome there was a couple of options there uh and then you got herx so there was two variants of herx at the time yeah and then the last one was the king air so the king air is a little it's a small medium light twin prop thing that usually you'll see for the royal flying doctors yeah okay yeah yeah so um the air force has a contingent of those for um, some training stuff and some like light VIP things. So say for some reason, a politician wants to go to some little outback field that a corporate jet can't get into, they'll jump on the King Air. Ah, fair enough. Awesome. No, that's really, that's really interesting. I just thought, yeah, the, the C, C-17s are like a incredible, incredible kind of aircraft, really. They, they, for a sort of a transport, like they're just... Yeah, it's yeah. There's something about them. I don't know what it is, but yeah, they're pretty cool. Um, it's funny. Someone asked me the other day what what my favorite aircraft I've flown is. That, I was like, I was gonna be, I was gonna get to that one. But that's I know it's it's gonna be a hard one, right? It, or and then the other way people put it is, if you could own any plane or fly any plane, what would it be? Yeah, it's like there's Dude, too many I, to name there's I different can't, I can't yeah. right like they've all got their appeals yeah and they've all got their downsides um you know like the the challenger that I flew um in Canberra 
that thing was so well built. Yeah. It was like getting into like a nice European sports car. Like yeah. everything just worked. It was lines. sleek. And it was, yeah, yeah. It was really, really functional and just worked, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like the cabin was a bit short. You know, I'm six foot two and the cabin was six foot. So yeah, yeah. that sucked. Um, Constantly having a bit of <clears> crooked you know, neck. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the, uh, the toilet's right down the back. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> and because the cabin is round, yeah. um, there's like a little lip across the top so that the door can open and close on the yeah. flat top. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we had some VIPs on board and someone was in the toilet and I really needed to go. Like I was really busting. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a dividing wall up, but there's a peephole. And I'm just keeping an eye on waiting for that door to open for the passenger to come out. Yeah, so you can make, a, make, a, make, make a, a dash for Make it. a dash for it, yep. Anyway, passenger comes out, sits down. Boom, divider comes open and I'm beelining for the back. <laughs> I was busting so bad, I forgot about the lip and oh, whack right damn. on the crown of the head, man. Oh. And I was down in front of the VIP passengers, just laying on my back going, oh, that that hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's like, oh, leave- are you okay? I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. That's, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> just dust myself off. Try to just- drag my pride into the bathroom <laughs> with me. And- you like yeah. do a, do a little bow. You're like, oh, I'll be here all week. Yeah. <laughs> it was super embarrassing. So um, yeah, it's a, I mean that was the downside to the challenger. The job was great. Uh, yeah, loved doing what we did. Um, it was great. C17 on the other hand, you're right. It, it is a remarkable aircraft physically. Yeah, it can do some really really cool things. But the size of it, it's so maneuverable. You can do some, yeah, like physically, yeah, like the, amount the size it can, of it, the amount it can carry, um, the distances it can carry, the things it can do, really, really cool plane. But sort of like got the build quality of like a Holden, like Commodore. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you, go. you know, there's a rattle in the dash. Apparently, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of go. It's, yeah. it's got its quirks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, I flew the challenge for almost two years. Um, I had more master cautions in the, my first flight in a C seventeen than that two oh, years wow. on the Challenger. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that thing just keeps squawking at you. Like, oh, this just broke. Oh, this just broke. Yeah, like, but it just keeps going, right? It just keeps going. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah Occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> some, sometimes it, you need to stop. You yeah, know? yeah, like yeah. give it a kick. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> um, so it was a bit of a challenge. The other aspect of that job, and this seems counterintuitive, but VLP stuff, you'd think, you know, you'd, you'd be under a magnifying glass. Yeah. And to a degree, you were. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing was, you know, the people that make sure that you get money and take care of defense budgets and things like that are your passengers. So, you know, there's that intimate, um, yeah. you know, oversight. Mm. But on C-17, it's such a, you know, it was, I don't know if it still is, but it was such a big political asset that there was so much oversight and you were always being monitored, always being watched and everything wow. was being just pulled apart. Um you know, like if you think back to, to like that period, you know, 2011 through to 2018, if there was a flood in Australia, yeah, what'd you see on the news? Yeah. You saw a C-17 yeah, dropping getting people. full of cargo and, and aid and going to that location. Yeah. An earthquake happens in New Zealand, a C-17 gets loaded up. The C-17 was always in the cameras, always in the forefront yeah. it was a political asset because you would have something go wrong and a politician standing up with a c-17 in the background going we're doing something yeah 
that came with a lot of oversight and a lot of pressure for the operators. Um, so that was really difficult part of the job. Yeah. Um, and back to the hunting story. So that mission I was talking about was uh, a mission where I was a captain and it was when MH17, the Malaysian airline, was shot down in Ukraine. Yeah. Well, I was the captain responsible for the first aircraft going in to recover bodies from that. So that is the sort of mission where the oversight was intense, the world's looking at you, you know. Yeah. There's, we're on the international news, live footage of the landing, all that sort of stuff. Like it's just, there was a lot to it, yeah. a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure for, and, uh, for something that you would think like in the grand scheme of things shouldn't have as much pressure on it. Like when, you, when you're talking like, you know, billion dollar fighter jets and stuff like that but i guess because it's in the public eye so much that's that's where that comes into play right yeah a lot of the hierarchy too are so concerned about what's going on you know because it's their image as well like it's just it, the pressure piles on they there's a, a hesitation to go you know what these guys are trained we've done the right job they're going to get the mission done and they're going to do a good job yeah no, they're probably going to micromanage you yeah, a little there's, bit. There's no trust there. Yeah, it, and or little trust. There. There's a flip side to it, right? It's like one respect. Well, it was 2014 when that happened. Yeah. So you go, okay, cool. So this guy's been doing this for eight years. Yeah. You know, he's got some of the best training in the world. Also, I'm 29 years old. Like you got a 29 year old flying as the aircraft captain of a C-17 with 13 guys under his charge going to a country that an Australian aircraft's never flown to before. Yeah. Picking up bodies in the spotlight of the world on the biggest event that's happening at that time. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably not going to just let go of the reins and trust a 29-year-old to accomplish that successfully. So yeah. there is a lot of pressure on it. Yeah. Um, you know... It, it took a bit for me to get that perspective, to gain that perspective. Yeah, I sort of have that now. Um, I, mean, I, I still didn't I wouldn't appreciate have trusted, it. I wouldn't have trusted twenty nine year old me with anything. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> to be honest, I don't trust the thirty seven year old me with anything. So, yeah. let, let alone like uh, two twin boys. But, but literally, uh, I completely now when you explain it that way, it makes a lot more sense to why they are so like you're under so much scrutiny with that particular aircraft. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed. Doing the job there, yeah. but I didn't enjoy the life there. Yeah, um, it was a lot of pressure, mm. um, and you don't really realize at the time. You know, you're so mission focused, success oriented. You know, what's next? What's my next step? So yeah. you know, you get there and you get the first qualifications. Like, oh sweet, I'm I'm now the lowest low of co-pilots. I need to get to that next level. That next level. Or I want my command. I want get that level okay, cool, now I want to get the next level of command so that maybe I can start you know, teaching some people something or, you know, there's always that next step that you're working towards. So you're always either the new guy yeah. or working your way up. You, you're never really yeah. the man. Yeah, like you're you, not that guy. You you're, you're, you're not this guy. You're like this guy, but you're not, yeah. or you're not usually that guy. So you're always so super focused on the next thing, on achieving that next goal that you don't, realize the pressure cooker you're in yeah um and when that mission happened that was coming right up that was my actual last mission of that posting ah, so wow. i didn't even get to finish it um 
you know, I finished that first day. We got the 27 caskets back. We had the big ceremony. Um, you know, we mission success. Um, and then I literally handed the keys over to another crew that got flown over. Um, and the next day I was on an Emirates flight home. To fly back, yeah. To fly back, pack my bags and, and head off on my next uh, wow. move. Wow. So I didn't have the time. Some of the things that really messed my head up with that mission, right? Like there's a lot of personal things that happen with victims and things like that and caskets and yeah. the rest of it. But a lot of it was revolved around my crew because I was responsible for the 13 guys and I asked them to do some shit that was pretty heavy. And that instant dislocation away from that, mm. I never had an opportunity to check in on guys or make sure that they handled it or debrief or even just, you know, like I had a lot of self-doubt about some of the decisions I made. Did I do the right thing? Did, you know, is that going to affect that guy? Is that guy going to handle that? What can I do? Like all of that was basically put on a shelf and I was on a civilian flight home and then I was two states away. Yeah. Within, so like, well, within 48 hours. Yeah. So you're like, oh, well, that's, that's that. That's done. I can't do anything with that now. That's a mind fuck, man. Yeah. Like, that is a serious mind fuck. Just having that complete disconnect and going, oh, I can't. I can't communicate with these guys. I, I, I can't get a hold of them. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then you're just sitting there when the room gets quiet, just going, oh, did I fuck up? Yeah. Like, like it, not even a second to debrief on that with, yeah. your, with your crew, you know, like, and that's a, and like, you know, from what you, what I've, you know, what you mentioned in the, the podcast where you talked about this on your podcast was it like, that's huge. Like that's a massive thing that really like mental health wise, that's, that's that's a huge well an oversight on on realistically your superiors for switching that up without being able to give you a debrief for us especially with that yeah, but the posting decisions made months in advance yeah right it yeah. just happened to be that time uh, and yeah. you know they like i was gone that quickly they wouldn't have had sight of that yeah and i don't think they really appreciated what had happened um yeah Especially yeah. what happened, like what, you know, that's a big thing taking on, you know, onto the aircraft that you're in charge of a bunch of, you know, bodies from, you know, a terrible, not because it, well, it was an accident, it was shot down from a terrible thing that had happened in that time, in that time frame. Like that's, you know, I, I guess they could have changed the way they'd done it or like, um, what's the way I'm sort of, say this like could could that could they have like given you more time not more time like even a couple of days even extra hours to to debrief not really not really no because you know like the plans were already in action like i had yeah. to be in victoria for to start step. the course the course yeah. wasn't gonna yeah. wait for me yeah, I, suppose. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I had to be there and yeah i don't know like and the thing about it is that it was just another mission you know, yeah, like humanitarian assistance missions are sort of the bread and butter. Like we do them all the time. Yeah. Um, to know how impactful that one was going to be. Yeah. You don't know that till after the fact and mm. after the fact it was too late. Like it's, it's already been done. So yeah, um, yeah I, I don't hold any malice towards the chain of command for what happened. Yeah. Um, but it, it yeah. just, that's it just, just how it happened. happened that way. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but like I said, man, I found bow hunting in it changed my perspective on on everything yeah um, it gave me some focus and yeah i was able to 
sort of drip feed myself back into society yeah. in a weird way where with that yeah you know, i could i could tolerate tolerate people's bullshit again yeah so how far like what's the time frame after your post so after you change your post to when you were like okay like i'm done with the air force now i want to I want to move on because there was like, so obviously you've gone to your bow hunting to help you cope with what, like, you know, with your mental health to get through, you know, the difficulty of what you've just been experiencing. This is all, this all helps. And then you go, okay, well, I'm, I've been wanting, you want to get into um, where you, your next job, which was flying for Virgin Australia. Um, yeah. There's a few years in between. A few years there. in between. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that mission that we just talked about, like there was some other stuff leading up to that that left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. I started to get jaded with the organization. And yeah. and I was already thinking about, okay, how do I get out of this? Yeah. What's the next step? Not so much how do I get out of this, but what yeah. was the next step? What's the next step, yeah. Um, because, you know, I still had an obligation to the Air Force. Um, I still had, at that time, I think it was three years yeah. that I had to give back. Um, so, But that's enough time to go, okay, I need to start planning the next, yeah. next thing. So um, I was already in that mindset of, okay, where's the off ramp? Mm. Um, so, you know, the obvious one for us is, is airlines. Yeah. Um, you know, years ago when I was looking at joining the Air Force, the airlines was not what I was after. Yeah, of like, course. Was, I was young and don't want to rather drive a, you know, a sports car than, than a bus. Yeah. Um, Which is why you're thinking like this, why when you made that, that was it 3.5 seconds of, this was the best choice for me yeah. going to Canberra. You're like, oh, well, this is literally airline flight. Yeah, it was a realization of how naive that original perspective was. Yeah. Um, so now I was at a point where, you know, that's what I want to do. I, I love the travel. I, I love the, that type of flying. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. So yeah. I started doing what I needed to do to get that happening. Um, people were probably surprised that the uh, equivalency or the licensing or whatever opportunity you think you get civilian accreditation wise for a military pilot would be great. It's not. Yeah. No, you, you get a small amount of RPL, but you still have to go through all the same exams. Like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty um, frustrating to tell you the truth. Having yeah. to do those qualifications again, um, but which seems to me like a bit of a, like a bit of a joke. But I mean, I get like there's, it, cer- there's certain, certain things, things that you probably need. Like, I think air law is one of the subjects that I think you probably should do yeah. because the, the rules are slightly different from yeah. the um, civilian world to the military. But things like having to do aerodynamics and flight planning and like, hello, I've been flying a four engine heavy aircraft and in international operations for the last four years. Like, I think I know how to do this. Yeah. But anyway, like that was my frustrations with that. With, yeah, but with, I still had to get the, it done. Yeah. So a bit the bullet, got it done. Um, but the reason for that posting was to do my instructor course. So yeah. I became an instructor and then spent the next three years teaching the next generation of Air Force pilots so yep. doing that instructor thing, which I found way more pleasure and success in than I thought. Um, the only reason I tried to become an instructor was because I don't think I could have handled flying a desk and that was my two choices. Yeah. It was either fly a desk or become an instructor. So um, I became an instructor and loved it. Um, but at the same time, I was preparing for that off ramp. Uh, got posted back to C-17s. Mm at about the same time that I started going through interview processes. Okay. Yeah. So I was back on the C-17 for about nine months before I got the offer for Virgin Australia. Yeah. And that between, so when you got the offer, how long was it between 
when you were like, oh, like I'm out, you know, I'm out of the Air Force. How how, how long was that? It's about six process? weeks. About six weeks. Yeah, it's about six weeks. And in that six weeks was river fire. Yeah, it was the river fire. Which <laughs> I, look, I was always going to come back to the river fire thing because I absolutely love it. If you uh, anyone who's listening has seen any videos online from river fire, it was what? How many years ago now? Twenty eighteen. Probably twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, there's a particular video that I that I remember watching of someone videoing from a hotel room and that plane looked like it was going through that building. Like it was that you were that close. And I was just like, and when you told me that that was you, I, I think I lost my mind a little bit. I was like, that is the fucking coolest thing that I've. And I've and I've watched that. That video still pops up on my feed from time to time. Probably the same thing with you, like yeah, on TikTok yeah. and stuff like that. But it still pops up from time to time, and I just go, uh, "This guy, <laughs> like, I know who that was." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I fear that that's what I'll be remembered for is that fly past. But Look. yeah, um, it was fun. Did you get in trouble for that one? No, 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 no. no. So that that's a misconception that it was something that um, that I did myself or it was a cowboy act or something yeah. like that no no that was the brief um they're like I we was, want you low like that's it yeah so leading up to that every river fire prior to that um there's two ways of that we would authorize low flying yeah um it's all about where the obstacles are so one is height above obstacles within so typically it would be we can fly 300 feet above any obstacle within 600 meters laterally yeah. Right. So think of it like being uh, a square that has to be maintained below the aircraft that no okay. obstacle can go in. So that's yeah. how we determine our height. Uh, now, Brisbane River is narrow enough that the buildings are going to be within 600 meters. So yeah. we've always had to fly 300 feet above the highest building. Yeah. For 2018, they changed it and we, we've been doing this long enough now. We're happy with it. We've assessed the risk and we're happy for you to do the other one, which is 300 feet MSD more mean mean distance so basically think of it as a 300 foot sphere around the aircraft okay no obstacle can penetrate 300 feet that allows me to go down into the river below building height that is just so cool and that's what they wanted and that's what they wanted yeah that's what and, they wanted. and that is what they fucking got <laughs> so, um, so they they come up they come up with a route and they said this is how we want you to fly it um, you know, we flew it in the simulator quite a lot of times. A lot of contingency planning went into it. Yeah, like you're talking weeks, and weeks, weeks of weeks work. Of work to, yeah, to this, you know, like I, I walked the river, laser range finders, making sure that my separations wow. and things yeah. were right, picking my routes. Um, and then there was so one particular route uh, would fly basically west to east along the river. So that's from like Tuong to yep, yeah. yeah so we come come in yeah. over Suncorp Stadium. Yep, um, come across South Bank and then sort of up above the kangaroo oh, cliffs, the cliffs yeah. we would turn to the south, come back sort of from Archerfield direction and then head uh, north from the kangaroo cliffs up over the story bridge. Yeah. That was the route. Um, we were surveying a secondary option, which was um, rather than turning right over the story bridge, we could potentially turn left and go in between the Meriton, which is the tallest, was the tallest building in Brisbane time, I don't know if it still is, and another building, um, and it was the the math worked out. It's like, yep, yeah, we should be able to fly it. 
but the simulator didn't quite give us what we wanted to. Yeah, didn't give you enough that did that that wiggle room. You're like, ah, oh, this is a little too close. Yeah, yeah. So we had a practice flight day. So on the Friday, I think it was, we uh, did a did a fly pass. The yeah. first one was above building heights, so it was nice and high. Yeah, fly the route, get familiar, make some decisions, and then the second one would come back below building height. Yeah, and fly the route. Now on that day, we went right over the bridge. Um, but at the same time, we were scouting the other possible route. Yeah. Just to give myself the warm and fuzzy for the day of, more of, like, I knew I could get that gap. I knew I had the separations, but it was like, what's beyond? I didn't have that perspective. Yeah, you couldn't, can't quite see it from that point. Yeah, right? yeah. there were some question marks. Yeah. So we flew the Friday, went right over the building, but it was a scout for that Sunday. Yeah. Um, and we determined that was an option. Yeah. So... Uh, came back, got authorization, whole chain of command was happy with it, got approval. And then on the Sunday, yeah, we came in. Um, what that meant was that when we flew at the Meriton building, because we were escaping left rather than right, I could start my pitch, my climb a lot later. So I yeah. got deeper into the river uh, and further in and close to that building, yeah. which allowed some of that footage to you know, be what it is. Yeah, I can tell you right now, it was not... Uh, all sunshine lollipops and high fives and <laughs> I've watched back the it, there was a video done inside the aircraft that wasn't released but I've watched that back a few times and after I made that climb out and got between the two buildings and flew away there was a good solid 90 seconds where all you can hear is me heavy breathing yeah um, like that was like a like pressure you're like holy it wasn't shit the pressure it, it was the most adrenaline I've ever felt and wow. it was always almost hyperventilating just to try and calm myself down and get back control over that adrenaline. Yeah. Like ultra focus, still really in charge of that aircraft, but flying at a building was yeah. intense. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I don't especially want to shoot you, like it. Yeah, looks, especially when it you looks think awesome. Of- Especially when you think of things that have happened in the past, you know, like, wow. But we we trained trained the shit out of it. We planned everything. I had contingencies the whole way. If this happened at this point, I'd go this way. I had my escape routes. Everything was planned well. Like, there was was never a risk to the public. Yeah. Um, But that still doesn't stop the eyes from getting, like, sources when you're flying like that. Um, Yeah, it was was such an incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, a, it was a really, really good way to, to end that career. Yeah, yeah. That's just, yeah. I, I still like, and I've, you know, I, it's, it's like, like, I, like that was definitely a, like when we first started talking and like, I think those are the first conversations we had, like when we first met, I think would have been at beers for a hockey, like after the game one night. And I don't know how it came up in conversation well, and I think I fucking fanboy pretty hard I was like are you fucking kidding me that yeah. was amazing like because it was pretty fresh yeah and it's one of those things of for me at the time it was still fresh yeah I was sort of being introduced as that guy like it wasn't me saying it it was yeah. like oh that's the guy that did blah yeah it's like yeah fuck yeah. right here we go here's the story again yeah um and, and that, then you've just told it again. So I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> well, what I was where I was going with that was was when I left the Air Force. One yeah. of the the biggest things that I really wasn't anticipating, but really saw hard was 
trying to, you know, after being in for 13 years, trying to separate what I did from who I was yeah. was more difficult than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, and I see it now, my mates that haven't left yet, I can have those conversations with them and I can see that turmoil that if I leave, who am I? Yeah. Um, and I thought for anyone that's in that shoes, just try to understand that what, what you do and who you are are two separate things and you can separate those. It's fucking scary because mm. as I found out the hard way, um, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Like I, I loved what I did when I left. I, I left. I got my job with Virgin Australia. I was flying long haul. Yeah. It you were flying, awesome. flying uh, Brisbane to LA was your was your route. Yeah. yeah. The and VA 07, VA 08, wasn't it? The, the yeah. Yep. Jets, yeah. Yep. And it was it was awesome. I loved that life. But, you know, no one could have foreseen COVID and yeah. that falling away and, and disappearing. I don't regret it. I would have done the same thing again knowingly. Yeah. Um, because it was you, you at that point, your time in the air force was you were like I, I'm I'm happy with my like trajectory here. I'm I want I need to get out for myself for my yeah. family. Like the, this is the better option for me now. Yeah, what a lot of yeah. people probably don't realize about that that role is it, it is finite time. Yeah, you, you come out of pilot's course, you you do a, a tour, you get your command, you go off and do either a ground job or instructor, and typically you come back for one more flying tour then that's it you, you pretty much get promoted out of flying um, wow that's and that's like that's just mind-blowing to me like all that training for two realistically two tours yeah pretty much um i mean you know with the promotions you you might find yourself back in a flight commander or an exo position or something like that yeah where there is an element of you flying again yeah but that's not your main role your main role in that position is to manage the people and manage the flying yeah um you know the reason is is the whole promotion cycles you need that expertise to create the rules and the oversight and things yeah. like that um but it just wasn't for me yeah. I, I didn't want to fly a desk i wanted to fly a plane yeah um so it was just diverging um yeah you know, well it got it goals. got you your um it got you your experience you know in the cockpit to move on to um to you know the next phase yeah, yeah, it was. It, it wasn't really a thanks for the experience. I'm leaving. It yeah. was more of a the Air Force's needs and my needs were diverging at a drastic rate. Yeah. So it needed to. Uh, it needed to end. Uh, like a nice amicable boyfriend, I, I left on good terms. I think. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, started flying for the airlines. There you go. Yeah. yeah, and that was Virgin. Um, and then obviously COVID hit, and that kind of, you know, uh, died in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> fucked everything really. Uh, COVID <laughs> fucked everybody very, very hard. And we, you know, look, uh, it's, you know, it's still a thing, and we're still, you know, the world's still dealing with it as a as a thing. But it's um, well, for the yeah. most part, I think a lot of people have have moved on, moved on, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, for the aviation sector. It hasn't yet moved on. Yeah. Um, there's still been some solid yeah. regrowth in Australia. The domestic market is back to pre-COVID and yeah. probably exceeding in some areas. Um, but the international market is far from. Yeah, I was just um, saying, literally I was talking to Sav this morning, maybe this morning she mentioned to me, uh, her her mother's friends overseas currently mm. literally was saying, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's in the UK or not, but got on the plane, taxied out, sat there for 40 minutes, plane came back, Flight cancelled. Like, why would you not cancel a flight before you get onto the tarmac? 
I don't, yeah. I don't quite understand Without that one. Without further information, it's hard yeah. to tell what happened. Yeah, there. yeah. It could have been, could could have been, been literally anything. anything. could have yeah. been an engine problem. could have been literally a flashing light going, oh, we probably shouldn't go anywhere yeah. today. <laughs> That's one thing from being on the other side of the curtain is like all those yeah. headlines about, oh, flight does this, flight does that. It's like, uh, yeah, right. I'm yeah. sure that's not the story, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, some, there's some good ones out there where... Yeah, the, yeah. the media have said something. It's like, actually, no, the decision was made because if they didn't make that decision, everyone would have died. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Do you ever get on a plane now, like now that you've been, you know, been pilot and obviously the, the Virgin thing happened and you're kind of sort of in the process of potentially getting back in the cockpit again uh, in the future. Hopefully that like, Hopefully. man, all fingers, toes, balls, everything's crossed that that will happen for you because I, you deserve that. But... Um, do you get on a plane now and like when the, do you critique <laughs> like, cause in my head, I'm like, when the last time I got on a plane was I was in, I was going to Canberra and the, we had really bad, um, like turbulence coming back from Canberra. And it was like, it was, I, I've been in like pretty bad turns a couple of times, obviously probably not as many times as yourself, but a couple of times and I'm going, this is pretty bad. Sav so sitting next to me, freaking the fuck out. This poor girl is like, I'm in the middle of Sav and this other young girl. I reckon she was maybe 16, 17. And she's like, I, I'll just, I'm sitting there just kind of chill because I'm like, I'm kind of used to it. They're both freaking out. And I'm like, oh, like, darling, it's okay. Like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I'm flying by myself. Like, no. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I felt so bad the turbulence was atrocious. Yeah. It was so bad. And I got back and I was just like, cool. The landing was absolutely terrible. And I kind of go, oh, I give that probably a three. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about flying. I've never flown a plane in my life, but do you get on the plane and go, I, I'm critiquing this hundred percent of the way. <laughs> it's funny. Early in my career, I, I, I did. I was, yeah. you know, I was like, Oh, I could do better than that. But as my experience is, increased and my time's gone on i'm much more forgiving yeah because i i know because you know yeah I, I know more about what goes into it what's causing those issues yeah. like like if the dude's coming in and it's turbulent like that i you know, just feel like you know it's bad. There. yeah yeah no I, like for example if it's if it's a wet runway right it's rain it's pissing yeah. down rain you do not want to grease that plane on you don't want a light landing yeah. Right. You, you want to go hard. You actually yeah. not hard, but you want firm. You want firm contact. You want to break the water lay. You want to get the aircraft on the ground and start breaking. Yeah. Um you want you don't want to chew up runway in the flare because you know, it's when like it comes to a landing, stuff, right? Yeah. Well, you just want the most amount of room for breaking for what if. Yeah. You know, um when it comes to a landing, one of the most useless things for you is runway behind you. Yeah. It's just behind you. You can't yeah. yeah. Nothing so, there. you know, you you're gonna Put it on the ground sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, you want to break the surface contact of the water and you want to get the thing breaking. So, yeah. you know, when it's storming and it's pissing down, I don't really, if I'm going to critique a pilot, yeah, I'm not critiquing it on the impact. I'm probably going to be more concerned about the lateral movement, right? So yeah, like the like so like side whether side it's or... straight when it hits the runway. Yeah, if it's still cocked off and you feel that torsion effect on the aircraft, yeah, it grips. Yeah, that's when I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, that's yeah. that's not great. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the other one was flying and flew into Wellington uh, end of last year, and 
the landing flying into Wellington was I I tell you what it was windy the the plane was at an angle coming through there because it gets bloody windy there yeah well Wellington's uh, notorious it's, yeah. it's one of those sporting places because the environmentals yeah because like, yeah, wind and things like wind that and stuff yeah. yeah typically a lot of the airlines will have uh, restrictions on um, going into Wellington so pilots will have to like observe or go through a training thing just to go to an airport like that yeah um, so. You, yeah, well, like while some like that, like I said, the runway's notorious. You're trained. The, the, pub, the public should understand that there's things in place yeah. to make sure that well, you I mean, are safe. I, the I whole tell you time. what, I think I, I think I even said this when we got off the plane. I was like, I said, considering the wind, like because I, I didn't, I would, I, I knew that people they train for specific runways. To, obviously, I think the old old Hong Kong, yeah, old, was, Hong Kong was, old Hong Kong training was training as well. Yeah, yeah training because it was between, we had to go between certain like massive buildings. Yeah, and um, like the I I was just I got off the plane going like man bravo that landing was like absolutely meant it was like you could feel the plane was I could feel the plane was on an angle 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 wheels hit snap perfect it was like straight in and i was like wow that was amazing i've been on a plane like that before and it was never that crisp like it was never that good so i was like i was thoroughly impressed when i got off the plane by that (laughs) yeah i think i'm a bit more understanding now a bit more appreciative a bit more forgiving yeah um there's still like one one or twice i think i've gone oh that's uh yeah, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that there, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Like, like, he's up on that one, Maverick. <laughs> yeah, it was more like um, taking like uh, a taxiway off the runway while the aircraft's probably going a bit quick. Yeah, like, yeah, probably probably would have yeah. taken the next one there, bud. Uh, yeah, yeah, slow down a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah uh, we aren't we aren't doing burnouts here. <laughs> yeah, but it, I'm definitely not gripping into the seat. Yeah, it's terrified for my life. That's, yeah, that doesn't happen. So I think one of the interesting things you told me, yeah, that I. Uh, a while, that was a long time ago when we, when we first started talking about like like you know your piloting career and stuff. I think the one thing you said to me that always stuck was um, planes are magic. <laughs> is I think the way you described it is like how the how they work and like in theory they shouldn't work but they do. No, is that is that what it was? Is it's that more, no? It's a, it's a joke. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah, we talk about aerodynamics and airflow yeah. and, you know, the aerofoil and how it generates lift and things like that. It's all bullshit, man. We don't know how it works. We just know it's magic. <laughs> it's not worked. It's we, like, we, uh, <laughs> you know, the, that's why you can't have your mobile phone on in flight because we just don't know what's going to happen. You know, you turn yeah. your phone on, that magic may disappear. And, yeah, we don't want yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that was just a joke. Um, no, the, there is a magical aspect to flying. Yeah. Um, but it's not literal magic. It's much more of a... And the things I've seen, um, the perspective I've got on the world from the view of a cockpit. Yeah. yeah that's the magic. That's um, the magic of it. And that's what I miss, man. Like being stuck on the surface of the earth for the last three years. Um, that's what I miss, yeah, man. Yeah, you want to be up there. I, I, yeah. I miss things like... Simple things, man, like night flying. The, the view of the stars at 30,000 feet at night. Yeah, like, above the clouds, above nothing, the clouds but, nothing but sky. Yeah. No moon. You just turn those cockpit lights down a little bit, man. Oh, the view is insane. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. So, stuff like that, you know, flying over the Pacific Ocean, just, you know, looking down and seeing like a single fracture ship in all visible sight. Yeah. 30,000 feet. You're like, wow. First up, I'm never getting on a boat. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about boats. <laughs> I hate boats. <laughs> just like it's, it's just it's just a beautiful view of the world, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. I was yeah, I was pretty it. lucky. I think like I've uh, you know I've done a, I've done a bit of travel. I wouldn't say I'm like the most you know hardcore travel person in the world, but I've done some travel with family and obviously by myself with friends and stuff like that. And I still remember the first time that I ever went on a plane and it was here's shot here's showing my age uh Australian Airlines oh before Ansett wow before the crash of Australia Airlines and then the crash of Ansett so this is a long time ago long um time ago. and it was a what do they call them um it was a like a surprise flight um Mystery flight. Uh, yeah, it was a mystery flight. Yeah, a mystery flight. Yeah. There you go. It was a mystery those. flight. Dad um, got us a mystery flight, and it was just, it was literally from Brisbane to Sydney. So it was only like you know, we down you you take off early That's morning. Tight ass mystery flight, man. Yeah, yeah. And this is like I was back in the day where that flight was. Well, how's long take to fly to Sydney now? Two hours, Not an hour and a half. half yeah, well, back then it was three hours. So like planes were very different back then. Like even yeah. considering and. It was, yeah, so we flew to Sydney very, very early in the morning and I don't know how many people ever got to experience this, but obviously you've experienced this because you fly, you've flown planes, but uh, for somehow, I don't know how dad teed it up, but me and my brother sat in the cockpit for landing into Sydney Yeah, as a kid. Yeah, back that, in the day, man, that's Holy shit. That's one of the big downsides. Oh, well, yeah. Downside, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know where you're going to say that. Royal yeah, fucking prick. Um, um, it's one of the many sad inconveniences that has happened since September 11th. Yeah, yeah. Is, oh, is that man. access to the cockpit yeah. for kids and for things kids like that. and like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a shame. It's a shame. It is a yeah. shame. But man, honestly, like I still remember that like it was yesterday, and that was still one of those, another one of those things that made me go and how much like. I love and appreciate flying was one of those was that particular event like it was just yeah. like that's you can't un, you can't unsee that yeah. like it's even, a great recruiting tool as well right yeah. like you, you do that to a couple of kids you know that's the, where, the percentage of one of them wanting to do that's going to be pretty high yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah! Wow, man, that's just uh, crazy as. So anyway, look, we've been dude, we've been talking for an hour and fifty eight minutes at this point. This is now two episodes of the happy hour. So that's awesome. I, hey, great for me. More content, but um, we'll finish off. I've got um, I've got a thing on a trial. See how it goes. We call we're gonna call it the final ten name. Patent pending. We'll change the name. It, we can find, come up with something better. But this is a bunch of questions that I like. Just of stuff that I really like and that I think will be interesting that I probably don't know about a lot of my friends and that sort of gives you an outlet into what I like. Um, but uh, quick 10 questions. Um, you can have long answers, short answers. It doesn't matter. Um, so obviously uh, we play ice hockey. You're also a bow hunter. If there's any sport in the world that you could play, that you currently don't play or don't do, what would it be? Uh, Formula one driver. Formula one driver. Yeah. yeah. That's all. That's awesome. Well, you have interesting cars as well. You were telling me you were building the uh, the new Focus. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, building um or rebuilding. So I bought some crash damaged cars in the past. Or this is my second crash damaged car that yeah. I bought from an auction and, and trying to yeah, yeah. build it back up. And that's sick. Put it well, back I on the road. I, uh, I really look forward to that being a thing. And then once it's happened, 
come back and let's talk let's talk that because it's another thing man we've only just probably just scratched the surface of things that we that you and i could talk (laughs) about here for a long time because i know nothing about cars so there's a lot that you could probably teach me in that in that at all that completely that's what youtube's for i could barely change a tire i'll be honest yeah. with you yeah, youtube yeah. <laughs> youtube will teach Wait, you everything youtube can change my tire for me fantastic <laughs> yes. through you it will do it through you through me damn it oh damn it uh okay so formula one awesome um random question i think i know where you're going to go with this one if you could have a superpower what would it be um uh, good question good question I like I like the healing ones. Yeah, okay. Ability to right. heal. Now, I've got some injuries. Yeah. My knees hurt. I cannot get up without dad noises. If if those things could heal up and I could stand up silently, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, that'd yep. be great. Great. Okay. So like so you being able to heal heal yourself, heal others, both yeah. but a bit of both. All right. No, I don't care about others, just myself. Just yourself. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sweet. Okay. Um okay. Um what is your favorite way to insult someone? Face to face, face to face. Like, is it you more of a burns. just burns, just, just burns. solid burns? Yeah, doesn't need to be swearing. Just like no, no, the more slight digs, like not the, slight digs. Like the most penetration I can get into your soul, the better. <laughs> I like that. I want to destroy your soul from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, face to face, because I want to see you crushing. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, you know, look, we're and we're friends, and you've done that to me multiple times. That's yeah. just that's what friends do, right? With, with a slight <laughs> sprinkling of sarcasm well, over yeah, the top, sarc- yeah. just yeah. a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah. It's a pinch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, um, this is probably going to be. I kind of think I know where this one is going to go to, seeing as your vocabulary is apparently built up from quotes, potentially quotes from Hotshots. Oh. So your favorite movie or TV show quote? Quote? Oh, it depends on the day. I've got so many. Um, man, I've got, I've got so many from like Wayne's World and things like that. It depends, <laughs> on, it depends on who I'm talking to. Oh, yeah, yeah it, dep- it depends, right? Because um, also, like, I think one of your most used ones would be To Be Fair. To be, to be fair, uh, I, I do like that. It's oh, useful, I do but it I don't think it's my favorite. Definitely not my favorite. Um, yeah. hot, dude, Hot Shots, my favorite one out of Hot Shots when he realizes and he goes, come to think of it, never landed a plane in my life. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I can't remember the rest of it, but the lead up to that is like, I flew 400 combat missions in Vietnam, got shut down every time. <laughs> come to think of it, never landed a plane in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you, if you guys haven't seen Hot Shots, my God. Do yourself a favor and watch that. Charlie Sheen and his heyday. What a bloody fantastic movie that was. I think um, it was the, one of the original spoof movies, I'd say, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be close to, yeah. Oh, no, probably Air, Airplane was probably... Air, airplane. airplane been, yeah. yeah, or was it, is it Airplane? Or is it... Because um, they had two names, right? Airplane and they changed it to something else as well, I think. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, mm. there's, there's plenty of yeah. that. You know, Roger, Roger and things like that. Oh, yes. Um, um, <laughs> don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, look, Wayne's World, Ace Ventura. Oh, Ace Ventura's um, a good one too. Billy Madison. Um, yeah, I think we're very similar. One of my favorite, one of my, the movies I get quotes from a lot for some reason, it's always like Super Troopers, Beer Fest, or uh, there's one more that I get them from a lot. Oh, um, 
I go just totally mind blanked on it, but Super Troopers is like up there for me. So there's heaps of stuff that I yep. that I'll take from Super Troopers. Yep, same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I have one fallback. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny, man. I get to this point now where I'll rewatch an old movie. I'm like, oh, that's where that line's yeah, from. Oh, now I, I remember. use that all the time. <laughs> there's one. Oh no, we get that one. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, to go along with like sort of. Uh, like those TV show quotes. What do you reckon is your most overused word or words that you would overuse? Mine's bud. I use bud way too much. My hair bud. Bud. Ah, uh, fuck. Um, I don't know. When don't. I first started recording podcast, Mel picked up something. Sketchy. You know, you say this a lot and it was on the forefront of my mind every time I spoke after that yep. but I've forgotten it so forgotten it okay. yeah it's one of those cool. weird things it's like you, I don't usually pick up what I say a lot it's like my brother-in-law yeah he says and that at the end of like almost every sentence it yeah. drives me fucking nuts but he doesn't recognize that he does it so yeah, yeah I, I don't know what my most used word would be yeah that's okay um, favorite band or artist Tool Tool nice awesome was there a particular album or song that made you go like that's the band that I that I love that band? Um, it's the variety, man. Like the for me, Tool is proper studied music. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was yeah. I first got into them around uh, when Anita came out, um, but everything, all of it. Yeah, my favorite song will change depending on mood and yeah yeah just okay. all of it cool all right okay um uh, well if you could go anywhere in the world right now where would you go uh anywhere in the world right now man the list is so long there's yeah. so much of the world i still want to see um for a trip just for the day man i don't even know when i'm when is the moment probably antarctica yeah yeah awesome yeah, yeah. Solid solitude, just nothing there. Just yeah, it, I, for me, like I've, I've only, you know, the number of continents I've stepped foot on. There's only a couple left that I haven't. That you haven't, and that's one of them. That that's one that's probably yeah. going to be a little bit harder to achieve. So okay, that, that's the one. All right, um, uh, it's, I had to break it up a little bit, so I went with um that one. So if uh, with the with the way we'd go, um, because I need to break up the next one. Favorite movie or TV show that you probably watched too many times. Uh, favorite movie is really embarrassing. I can't remember what it's called. Um, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Okay, that is my favorite movie of all time. Because that is that's um Matt Damon, isn't it? Nope. No, nope. That no. That no. Um, uh, Ben Stiller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller plays the semi-serious role. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's about adventure in life. It is. A movie that took me by surprise when I watched it. Yeah. Loved it. Love watching it every time. Um, that followed closely by an old classic, Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank is great. Yeah. I have yeah, I've, I have seen that movie many times myself as well. It's a fantastic movie. Never seen the um, that first one, though. Seriously, no, I've never movie. seen it. So oh. I have, I'll have to add that to the list. 
definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I know I've seen the. I know Pro- I've probably seen the wait video. a couple of years until the twins can travel because you will definitely get the travel bug after. Oh, I've already got the travel bug. It's killing me. Yeah, yeah it's killing me. I we'll, we'll put it this way: before the twins were in existence, the plan was to go back to the states, and that's not going to happen anytime soon. So <laughs> that was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So they've got two more questions. These ones, I think. Um, are probably quite probably the most difficult questions. If there was going to be a biopic made about your life, who would you want to play yourself in the movie? Jason Statham. Jason Statham? Yeah. Okay. Similar hairline. <laughs> <laughs> Although he'd have to work out, you know, he's got to get a bit buff. For yeah, it. He's got, yeah, he's got to get, he's got to probably grow a few inches as well, right? He's pretty sure he might need to wear platforms. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that was a good one. Actually, I, I thought that was gonna that was gonna stump you. Uh, bam, bam, bam. Part two done and dusted with my boy Lee Matthews. I had a great time chatting with Lee. Um, we get along real well. Uh, love having him around, and he'll definitely be back for episodes in the future. So stay tuned for those. After our chat recording. Uh, talking about his favorite movie, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Went and checked that out because I hadn't seen it yet. Um, can confirm, absolutely fantastic movie. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely something that I would go and re-watch. Um, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's definitely worth a watch. It will definitely give you the travel, the travel bug if you haven't got it already. Otherwise, we've got some cool things uh, in the pipeline at the moment. Our next guest is looking like it's going to be Mr. Cameron Netfiller Miller. And I'm super excited about this chat with him because he is one of the nicest dudes on the planet. Uh, you, I don't think he's a nicer guy, honestly. Uh, love into pieces and what a handsome dude, seriously. Uh, guys, stay tuned for that one and uh, have a good week. See ya.